You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. I'm going to ask you guys that are over there, focus in right over here with me. You guys in the back, look up here. You guys down here, I love your worship. I need you to listen and be real still. Don't cheer, don't shout, don't yell. I just need you to lock in. Can you hear me? Okay. I want to share something with you just before we kind of go, and I want to pray for us tonight. You know, there's a bunch of us in this room last night or a bunch of you in this room last night that gave your life to Jesus. You gave your heart to Christ. You said yes to Jesus for the first time. Your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now when your heart stops, you die, you're going to heaven for eternity. Tonight, as we kind of worship and we sang a little bit together, you got to sing. There's like 105 of you. Got to sing tonight for the first time to a God who you know. That now you have a relationship with. See, if you don't know him, you're just singing a bunch of words. If you you don't truly know who he is, you're just saying a bunch of things and stuff. And I love this song, and we're going to do this song again even tomorrow, I'm telling you. Uh, And I want to share this scripture with you real quick. But I got to tell you about a fear that I had to let go of. 1977, I was living in Galveston, Texas. My grandfather was a pilot. He flew down with my grandma to pick me and my brother up to drive us back or fly us back to a little spot in Louisiana. We get down there. We have lunch together. We go get on the plane. My little brother was actually on the plane as well. And then at the right last moment, my mom said, you know what, I'll drive him up later. My mom works two jobs, raising two kids by herself. She takes him off the plane. I say goodbye to my mom as we taxi down the runway and take off. Everybody say fear. Fear. I phoned my grandfather before. I was six years old. There wasn't a whole lot of fear. I trusted my grandfather. I knew he knew how to fly a plane. So we took off flying, and we got over a place in East Texas actually called Center, Texas. I have no idea why they named a town Center, Texas in East Texas. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see my grandfather start to kind of talk to my grandmother for a minute. I noticed it. And then I started hearing noises in the plane. The engine caught on fire. The oil line busted and caught the engine on fire. Smoke started pouring into the cockpit. Smoke is now pouring out of the, fire, out of the deal, and the engine stops. Everybody say fear. Fear. My grandfather opens the side window, and he takes a look out, and he's trying to find the ground as he's circling the field, the pasture. There were a bunch of cows out there, and he circled a couple times. And then my grandfather did this. He turned around, and there was some fear. I was a little bit afraid. I didn't know what was happening. The plane was making all kinds of noises. The engine's gone. We're going around a pasture, and I'm thinking, we're going to die. We're going down. And my grandfather turns around, and he reaches over, and he grabs my seatbelt. 
He just grabs it, and he pulls it real tight. And I remember this, and I was six years old, and he looks me right in the face, and he said this. He goes, Casey, you're going to be okay. I don't know if he knew I was going to be okay or not. I don't know if he was just trying to give me some comfort or not. But he looked me right in the eye, and he said my name, and he said, you are going to be okay. And the plane was going down. circled two or three more times. He found a spot which he thought was a little further away from the trees. He couldn't see the ground very well, so we kept hit pretty hard. I mean, it was a pretty good jar. We bounced up, and we were right in front of the tree line of the pasture. The plane went into the trees. The top came off, the sides came off, my grandfather's head hit a, uh, hit, hit, his, hit a tree, and he broke his neck. My grandmother had the seatbelt almost cut her completely in half. I bounced around inside the back of the plane. My seatbelt actually popped off, and I think it was probably my grandfather tightened it so tight, broke the seatbelt, which then also saved my life because I fell in between the two seats, and all the stuff that was falling on top fell in and missed me. Because I was laying inside the seats, in between the seats. Plane came to rest. I woke up. My grandfather lost his life. My grandma was still alive. I knew I needed to go find help. Share a little bit more of that story as we go along. Just wrote a book about it. Came out. I brought some with me. And if you guys are interested, we'll talk about getting one. But listen. Listen to this. Everybody say fear. fear. You see, my grandfather looks back. He looks me right in the eye. He grabs the seatbelt, said I'm going to be okay. He says, don't panic. I'm with you. Isaiah 41.10, look. He says, don't panic. I'm with you. There is no need to fear, for I'm your God. I will give you strength. I will help you. I will hold you steady, and I will keep a firm grip on you. And guys, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about storms. And here's the thing. You live long enough, you're going to go through a storm. Here's how it works. You're either going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're in a storm right now. Storms happen out of nowhere. Storms come in and out. He says, don't panic. I'm with you. But if you're not connected to him, I don't know what's going to happen. When that storm comes in your life. So here's what I want us to do. Now I just want to be real for a minute. How many guys in this room can be just, just straight up with me as I before I pray? And we might even sing this uh, this chorus one more time. How many guys can be just real with me for a minute and say this? Hey, you know what? Man, I'm going through a storm. I'll be real tonight. Man, I, I got some stuff happening. There's some stuff going on. And there's a storm in my life right now. The water seems a little rough. The water seems a little rough. Man, and I, I'm trying to catch my breath. Man, that's a whole lot of people going through some storms. Put your hands down. Man, storms, like I said, come out of nowhere. Too many people have had mom and dad sit down and say, hey, we're not working out anymore and I'm leaving. And uh, there's a storm. 
Too many people have sat down with mom and dad or grandparents and said, hey, look, you know, so-and-so's got cancer or so-and-so's been in a car accident or so-and-so. Man, there's storms everywhere in there. But let me tell you this right now. Look at the scripture says. He will keep a firm grip on you. If that doesn't give you some comfort tonight, I don't know what will. That he will keep a firm grip on you. And when you feel like that plane is coming down, when you feel like there's all control is lost, he is saying, I've got a hold of you and I will never let you go. That's our Jesus. That's our God tonight. So whatever storm you may be going to tonight, listen, don't panic, he says. I'm with you, he says. He says, there is no need to fear, he says. He said, I'm your God. I'm going to give you strength through the storm. I'm going to give you strength through the pain. I'm going to give you strength through the hurt. I'm going to help you through it. I'm going to walk with you. And if you can't walk, I will pick you up, and I will carry you through it. That's my Jesus tonight. That's my God tonight. Listen. Before we even give him, I got to ask. I feel just led to say this. I'm just going to ask right now. How many of you can be real with me just for a minute? And you can be honest with me tonight. And I'm not here to call you out. I'm not even going to ask you to make a decision right now. I'm going to ask you to listen. How many of you in this place right now could say, you know what? I need to hear from God tonight. I mean, I need to hear his voice tonight. I need him to speak to me tonight. I need him to, 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 to really, really speak to me tonight. It's a lot of us. Right, put your hands down. Good deal. Now, here's my next question. I need you to just listen. Stay with me. I know this is a little different than we normally do, but if you ain't figured it out, I'm a little different. Now, let me ask you this. How many can be real, very real with me in this room right now? And say, last night, man, God spoke to me. And I knew last night, I just, I really heard his voice. And I believe that God spoke to me last night to give my life to Jesus, but I did not. I just didn't. I know I'm lost. And man, I really need to hear from God tonight. And I just want, nobody, hey, that's fine. I just feel, I need, I want to pray for you. How many, can, everybody look at me. Don't be distracted by your neighbors, your friends. I need everybody looking here. How many could say, man, I'm still figuring this out. I'm still needing to hear from God. And I know I even needed to do it last night, but I just didn't do it. Would you raise your hand and say, you know what? That's me. Man, I'm still lost. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still searching. I'm still figuring it out. Put your hand real high so I can see you. I, 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 this means this. You're raising your hand because you're saying, I don't know Jesus. We're just being real tonight. That's why you're raising your hand. I don't know, but I need to know. Man, I, I, I need to figure this out. All right, good. Those hands all over the place. Put your hands down. I'm not calling you out. Now you want to ask you to pray with me right now. I'm asking those who raised your hand and didn't raise your hand, but you know that's you. I'm asking you to listen tonight deeply. I'm asking you to not just open your brains tonight, but I'm asking you to open your hearts tonight to hear from God. Don't hear from me tonight. Hear from him tonight. And my prayer is that tonight that some of you will go from darkness into light. And you will see why are we doing all this? I want to sing this again. And especially those of you that are going through storms right now, those of you that are, the water is rough in your life, and, you man, you're feeling it tonight, I'm praying that tonight, sing these words, make these words a prayer tonight. Let's go. Come on, let's sing this again. I pray that tonight, 
for those of you who are in this room who are going through a storm and they have that fear in their hearts and their lives of what's going to happen next, God, that you continue to remind us tonight that you have a firm grip on us and you will never let us go. God, I pray that tonight you will speak to each and every one of us. And God, I pray for those in this room who are still seeking you, still searching you, still trying to figure out who you are. God, I pray that tonight they will connect with you for the first time. And tonight you would change their lives from the inside out. So God, we thank you that you're not the author of fear. And you give us hope. You give us hope through the storms. Hope through the hurt. Hope through the pain. God, you give us hope. So, Lord, we love you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask these guys to keep playing real soft. And I'm going to ask you to go back to your seats without talking. Go back to your seats. Don't talk. If you need to hug somebody, hug them, but don't talk to them. And just walk back to your seats and stay standing. Stay standing. Do me a favor, please don't talk. Everybody look at me. Find your seat. Nobody talking real quick. Don't talk. Stay standing. Everybody say, no longer. Everybody say, no longer a slave to fear. Because, I said because, I am a child of God. I hope you hear that tonight. I hope we can celebrate that tonight. Because I believe that tonight that God is going to move in some hearts again. I believe that. See, because I prayed that, I believe that. And I believe that there's some of you in this room that are going to make decisions to follow Jesus. And I believe it. And that's my prayer, is that you don't miss it. Don't be so distracted in this place that you miss God tonight and you can't connect with him. See, tonight we're talking about connection. What does it mean to connect? How many guys could be real with me for a minute? How many of you are tired of going to D-Now or going to camp and going to all these, you know, maybe a place of work, maybe even just Sunday, and you just get really fired up for Jesus and you, you celebrate him, and then you go back home maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe even before you leave this place, you go back down. Man, are you tired of that? Are you tired of this roller coaster ride of Christianity? Well, every time you're somewhere, you think, well, I just need to get saved again. You get saved once. So tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about how do we keep this going? Everybody say disconnect, disconnect. to connect. Disconnect. Everybody say disconnect, disconnect. to connect. Disconnect. That's what we're going to hit tonight. So, Father, we love you. Speak to us. Guide us. Direct us. Hey, God, let us hear your voice tonight as we open your word. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay standing. Stay standing. Here's what I need you to do. Everybody say connect. So I need to see tonight if you're connected with me. All right, y'all. Y'all good. Thank y'all very much. Y'all give the band one big round of applause. Good stuff. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to hold your hands out in front of you just like this, about six inches right in front of you. Can everybody see me? Can everybody see me right here? All right, look. I need everybody over the back. Make sure you can see. Everybody over here, make sure you can see. All right? Everybody say connect. connect. Now, here's I'm going to see if you got a connection with me, all right? I want to connect with you. I need you to connect with me. So hands right here. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Everybody has to look at me. Focus on me. It's going to be real hard to connect if you're looking at her. All right. What's the problem? Look at me. All right. Hands out like this. You go. Hands out like this. Like Now, watch. I'm going to take my right hand, and I'm going to swipe it in front of my left hand like this. Now, when you see my, no, you don't do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> people are doing this. I'm a robot. No. Hands like this. You stay like this. Now, here's what I'm going to do. My right hand is going to cross the microphone with the left hand, and when you see it cross, you'll clap one time and one time only. Only when the right hand crosses the left hand. Let me see what you got. A little off, but we got this. Hold on. Not bad. I didn't even move. All right, try again. All right, here you go. I did not even get near my right hand to my left hand. Some of y'all just clap happy. All right, stop, stop. Collaborate and listen. I'm back with a brand new. Okay, here we go. Not bad. No. Got you with a pump fake. Hang on, stay with me. No. Let's try again. Uh-uh. Come on, we got to connect. Everybody say connect. connect. Everybody say disconnect, disconnect. to connect. connect. Let's try again. Stay with me. Some of y'all are so off. Let's try again. you got to be kidding me. All right, come on. We got this. Wait for it. No. Okay. Stay with me. All right, here you go. Stay right up here. We're going to try this again. We're going to play a game. All right? Now, here's how this game works. You're going to stand there with your hands out like, like this. If you clap and I don't cross, you will sit down. Last one standing will win 50 points. You can use those points for whatever you want. Now, look. Look at me. Everybody say connect. connect. Look at me. Now, here's what some of you are saying. I can feel it already. Yo, I'm going to win this. I ain't ever going to clap. Okay. If I do this and you don't clap, well, then you're out as well. Okay. All right. Here we go. Game is on. Hands in front. Here we go. That poor guy, he goes, you can stay in. I promise you, you'll be out soon. Okay, here we go. Game on. I'm going to let, hold on, no, no, hold on. You can stay in, stay in, stay in. Stay in, stay in. Because you absolutely will be out soon. Okay, here we go. Everybody's in. Real game right here, all right? Everybody say connect. Here we go. Here you go, game on. Here you go, game on. 
she goes, she goes, <laughs> one time, one time I was playing this game like in this inner city school and this girl in the front row, I kind of give her a pump fake. She claps and goes, oh, I'm going to cut him. I was like, what? Security. Okay, here we go. Game on. Game on. Here we go. Keep it going. If you clap, sit down. I saw some of y'all cheaters. Y'all went. <laughs> I didn't do it. Why? Me? What? Okay. Cheaters. Don't lie. You know where liars go. No, Washington, D.C. They go to Washington, D.C. Then they go to hell. Okay, so. No, I'm kidding. All right, here we go. Game on. Try again. Game on. We locked in, man. This me and this dude locked in. Ah! What happened? Ah! All right, here we go. Game on. Hey, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're still in it, clap one time. Okay, now you're out. Sit down. Come on. All right, stay in. Here we go. She yelled at her friend. She clapped. She goes, hey, you suck. Don't be mean. All right. Y'all still in it? We're still going? All right, right here, ready? That's pretty good. Boy, they are locked in. He bowed. He clapped and goes, I will now bow. Yes. All right, here we go. Game on. All right, come on. We got to hurry and finish so I can jump in. There's a few people left. I think you've cheated. She's like this. Has to be like this. All right. My man right here. You. He's clapping so hard, too. All right, give him a big round of applause. We're going to move on. I got time for this. Everybody say disconnect to connect. Y'all have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Do me a favor. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. How many guys can, uh, you got the, you got the Snapchat? Let me ask you a question. All right, stay with me. Listen. Shh. How many guys, you've got like a 50 streak going. You got 50 streaks. All right. How about 100 days? 100 days? He made 100 days? Anybody, listen, don't talk about it, just listen. How many guys got, let's see, 150 days, 150 days straight? 200, 200 days straight. Okay, all right, celebrate. Is anybody in here got a 300 day streak, 300? 
Okay. Anybody, listen. Shh. Anybody got a 365-day streak? One year, every day, sending a message to one person. A 365-day streak on Facebook. Stand up. I mean, not Facebook, Snapchat. If you got a 365-day, stand up. Stand up if you got one. 365-day. All right. Stay up. Stay up. Shh. If you got, y'all in college, y'all too, high school? Oh, you got the Bobcats on. I don't know if that's high school or college. You, what, do you, 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 what, what grade are you guys in? You're going to be a senior. You're going to be a junior, okay? All right, 370 days. 370 days. Stay standing if you got 370 days. All right, 400 days. 400-day streak with somebody. My gosh, are you kidding me? 420, 430, 450 day streak. Still you two over here. Is the streak with each other? Okay, because that would be weird. All right, so 400, did I go there? Four, uh, 450, 60, 460. Okay, hold on. My man right there with, with, the, with the muscles. You. Is your streak with her? Okay, her right there? Because Okay. Is it with a girl? Oh. Okay. You're, you're still in this? 470. 470, 480. 490 day streak. Oh, he's down. Okay. It's not with him. You're still in this with 409. 500 day streak. 500. Wait, are you standing, guy in the yellow shirt? Are you standing up for 500 day street? All right. Y'all, hold on. Shh. Stay with me. Stay with me. Listen. Shh. Hey. Shh, 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 shh. Hang on. Hang on, because I got to get to the bottom of this. So you're up in the 500 day streaks. Okay. And I'm just, I'm now curious now. There's three of you standing. You've not been grounded from your phone one time in 500 days, is what you're telling me. You've not? Okay. What's your, what's your, top, what's your number? 542? What, what, what do he say? I don't. 500? Okay. And you, you're holding your phone with 671. She's looking at it right now. Okay. So you have proof. Go ahead and have a seat. Everybody look at me. Everybody look here. Everybody look here. Listen, listen. Shh. I need everybody to stop talking right now. Look, look. Here's my question to you. Impressive, yes. Listen. And that's great. What a great accomplishment. But let me ask you this. What's your streak with Jesus? What's your streak today with the Word of God? How many days can you say you've read his word? How many days can you say you've prayed in a row? How many days can, I'm just being rude with you because I told my son who's 15 years old the same thing and then he was at a 360, 364 day streak with this girl and I grounded from his phone, changed his passcode and he couldn't get one year. Look at me. Look. 
Look, look at me. Here's why. Because then when those things and those streaks and you have this connection with that, with, with that world, when that starts to become a priority, this stops becoming a priority. I'm just being real with you. Okay? Listen, if you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. You got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. And let me ask you this. We're, we're, if you come into this room, whether it's in the morning time, whether it's for your quiet time, or whether it's here tonight, and you brought a Bible... You need to bring it in this room, okay? You, this is what we're doing in here. I don't expect you to have it on the rec field or at the pool or at the lake. or what, But when you come into this place, honestly, and here, listen, if you don't know Jesus, I don't expect you to have a Bible. I don't. When I was lost, I didn't have a Bible. But if you claim Christianity, you say you know Jesus, we need to have our Bibles, yes or no? I'm just, like, again, I'm being real with you. I'm trying and hoping and praying. If you're tired, and you said, listen to me, so many of you raised your hands a moment ago when I said, are you tired of this roller coaster ride of Christianity? And then you walk in here without a Bible. Well, guess what? You're going to go through a roller coaster ride of Christianity if we don't stay in his word. Everybody say word. word. My man DQ, this is DQ country right here. My man DQ said it this morning, how important it is to stay in this word. Read this with me. John chapter 15. If you got your Bibles, it'll be up on the screens. And if you don't have a Bible and you came in, if you're one of the 105 or maybe some of you like, and you got saved in this place and you don't have a Bible, I believe we can get you one. DQ, there's still Bibles in the back, right? How many of you, and listen to me, we're not going to give you a Bible if you leave it in here. Not going to give you a Bible uh, and then have you leave it at the lake. But how many of you in this room right now, you maybe got saved last night or whatever, or you, just, or you never even owned a Bible, but you would like to have one, raise your hand. Don't, don't raise your hand if you're going to leave it in here. Don't raise your, raise your hand. All right, I tell you what, keep your hand up. There's a box of Bibles right back there. Y'all need a Bible in your hand. All right, keep, put your hands down. We'll get to this. They're going to pass them out. These people and interns and adults, go get these, uh, these people a Bible. We can't talk about how much we need to read it, and you don't have one. Let, don't talk. Everybody say disconnect, disconnect. to connect. They're going to, hey, put your hands down. Everybody look at me. We're going to read this, and they're going to come by. When they come out, we'll get you one, okay? Listen, shh. I need you to listen. No talking. If you grab one. Don't talk about it. Open up to John chapter 15, verse 1. We'll get it to you. There's some here right here. Don't talk about it. Y'all just listen as you have your hand up. If we're tired of this roller coaster ride of Christianity, then this has to become a priority, his word. Now, I'm expecting those of you that are getting this Bible and I won't need you to put your name in it. As soon as you get a pen or you have a pen, put your name in it. Don't leave it in this room. When we leave here, take it with you. Let this be so important to you tonight, this Word of God. For some of you, this may be your very first Bible you've ever had in your life. I remember my first Bible. I got saved. Like I told you last night, went home, got beat up. Didn't have a Bible. I didn't have God's word. I knew that I knew him, 
He changed my life. I felt him in my life. I felt him in my heart. And, and I, filled, I, I knew his voice. Look at, look at here. And when I wanted to read about him, I didn't have a Bible. And I went, I went to the church where I got saved, and I told him, I said, hey, listen. And I was so hungry to know more about him because I just met him. And I told them that. And they said, do you have a Bible? And they were shocked that I didn't have one. I said, I don't have one. They said, well, we're going to buy you one, and they bought me one. It was called the Transformer Bible. It was actually written by a guy named Jay Strack. Well, not written by, but it was actually a book that was put out by a guy named Jay Strack. Check this out. It was the guy who basically, he was speaking the night that I got saved, and I got the Bible that he actually put out. Pretty cool. If we run out, hey, we'll, we'll get you one. But listen, you're not leaving these in here. You're not leaving them outside. You can put your name in them so we know who it belongs to. Everybody say disconnect, disconnect to connect. See, there's nothing wrong with technology. I love phones. I love video games. I love that stuff. But let's be real. We spend too much time like this. We spend too much time flipping through, looking at other people's lives when we're not living our own lives. Yes or no? We do. And we're not going to connect with him if we're staying connected to this. And so listen, John chapter 15. Verse 1, read this with me. I hope you got a Bible by now. Find it. John chapter 15, verse 1. John is in the, uh, the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's the last of the New Testament of the Gospels. These are called the Gospels, the good news. They call it the good news. The gospel is called the good news because it's pretty good news to know that, you know what, our sins could be atoned for. That means paid for, and we can go to heaven. I think that's pretty good news. Look here. It says this, John 15. He says, I am the vine, and my Father is the gardener. Verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Verse 3. Look at this. He says, you are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Verse 4. This is where it gets real. Everybody say, remain, remain. in me. It says, remain in me, and I also will remain in he says, remain in me, and I also remain in He says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, he says, look, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the vine, and you are the If you, if you remain in me, I in you. Look, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do? He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are then picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Now look, I don't know about you, but I grew up in Galveston, Texas, all right? Some of y'all been there? A little bit like Corpus. You got, you know, beaches and all that kind of stuff. Well, and I live in Austin now. My kids were born in Austin, and when my kids were little, they went to school one day around Christmas time, and they handed out these brochures to my kids, and they came home with this. It's called a Christmas tree farm. Now look at me for a minute. I know nothing about no Christmas tree farm, okay? We bought a fake tree, stuck it in the house, and said, there, Merry Christmas. My kids come home with a brochure and said, Daddy, you can cut down your own tree, and they have goats. We can touch them. I said, say what? They said, Daddy, they will give you a saw. I said, for reals? 
So I go to my wife. I said, hey, babe, check this out. They got a Christmas tree farm down the street. The kids want a tree. I can cut it down. Because, you know, we still married, but I still try to like, hey, what up, girl? So we've been married 17 years. I'm still trying to cut down trees. All right, so I'm like, all right, hold on. I said, let me, you know, my wife's like this. We just spent all this money on this new tree. I said, we're going to go to this, get this tree. So we load the kids up, and they're like, Christmas tree. They singing in the back, Daddy going to cut it down. I said, yeah, y'all watch y'all's dad, all right? Let me say this. One, I've never cut a tree down in my life. Like I said, I'm from Galveston, Texas. We have palm trees, not Christmas trees, okay? Uh, and Saul's, well, I don't even know what it is. Uh, okay, so we get there. We meet the people. We pay the money. And then they let you, they put you on this hayride, and they drive you all the way out there to where all these trees are. And this dude reaches into the back of the truck area, and I'm kind of waiting for this saw. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, crank this joke up. And he pulls this saw out. He didn't have a motor. I'm like, oh, that's like a real saw. I was expecting a man, you know, kind of one of those things. And they handed me one of these things. So I grab it. And I go, what do I do with this? And my kid goes, you can do it, daddy. I said, yeah, daddy's got this. What up? So we go out there and we start walking around. And, of course, this is right about the time where, you know, the, the Charlie Brown Good Christmas Tree movie was out, right? And so the kids have already seen it. So they go to this old jacked up, nasty looking tree about this big and go, that's it, daddy, Charlie Brown tree. I said, oh, <laughs> no. I said, that's a cartoon, kid. We ain't putting it in our house. I'm going to burn that. I said, mama's going to find the tree. I said, hey, baby. And I was trying to be hard, too, right? You know, I'm trying to, you know, manly, you know, man up. It's my wife. So I go, all right, baby, pick a tree. I'm going to cut it down. She's looking around. She finds this one. She says, this one. I said, you know, I got this. I go down to the bottom of the tree, and it's cold. You know, it's kind of like real cold out because it's Christmas time. You know, the kids are kind of go, go, Daddy. And I get into this tree. And about 45 minutes later, <laughs> I'm still under the tree. I have gotten the saw stuck in the tree. Both my kids have done wandered off. I have no idea where they were. I didn't care if I found them again or not. My wife was sitting on a stump over there texting somebody, and I started yelling at the tree. I hate you! I get up, I'm shaking the tree. Now, this family of really nice people, I'm sure. I'm sure they were lovely people. I'm sure there are people I would love to have over and just entertain them. And I'm great people, I'm sure. But they come walking by, dragging their tree with their three or four little rugrats, singing Merry Christmas. And I'm shaking my tree. I said, Shut up! It was not a good day for me. They were like, this guy. <laughs> you know? He hates Christmas, Mom. I go, I don't hate Christmas. I hate you. No, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. So I finally get the tree down. Here's the point of the story. Everybody say, connect, disconnect to connect. I didn't really tell a little kid to shut up. Okay. I'm just being silly. Look at me. So I finally get the tree down. We take it out there. Everybody's kind of lost interest in this whole project, right? They've already touched the goats and everything. So, you know, I'm dragging the tree back. Here comes the guy. He's wearing one of those Santa hats, and he's driving the tractor and goes, hey, did you have a good time? I said, no, man, put my tree in the truck. 
He picks the tree up, puts it in the truck. He drives it all the way back now, and we get to this place where they're going to wrap it up for me. So they're going to kind of wrap it up, put it on top of the car, tie it to, you know, as part of the package of the 30 bucks we pay to go in. So he go, takes my tree, and he walks over. And, and how many of you have ever been to a Christmas tree farm? How many of you have had this experience? Okay, put your hands down. So he takes my tree, and he sticks it on this, like, I don't know, like a block. He puts it in the block. He's holding it, and then he steps on a pedal. And when he stepped on the pedal, the tree just starts to go nuts. How many of you guys seen this before? It's just going, and I'm standing there going, dude, it took me an hour and a half to cut that tree down, man. You're killing my tree. So he says, it's, and all of a sudden, here's what went down. All the pine needles that were not connected to the vine were falling off the tree. And as they were falling off the tree because they were not connected to the vine, everybody look right here. This is the whole point of the story. And as they were hitting the ground, this, this other dude was standing there. He was raking up the pine needles, picking them up with a shovel, putting them in a wheelbarrow, and then rolling them down this little hill to the right and dumping them into the fire. And now I'm staring at this, and I'm going, ooh, John 15, John 15. And this dude goes, da, 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 da. no, my name's Michael. <laughs> I said, not you, man. And here's what this, 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 what I got out of this whole experience. Look right here. These pine needles, just like John 15, everybody stay with me, were not connected to the vine. So when all of a sudden that tree started to shake, and it started to get a little wild, and it started to go crazy, look at me right here. Don't miss this part. Because it was not connected to the vine, it fell off. Guys, I said it before, and I'll say it again, and you'll hear me say it again later. You're either going into a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're in a storm right now. Listen to me. Life is going to be like that Christmas tree. It's going to shake sometimes. It's going to rattle sometimes. Sometimes life absolutely comes apart. And if you're not connected to the vine, what's going to happen is you're going to fall off. And if you don't know Jesus... You fall off, you get raked up, and you're thrown into the fire. I want to give you some things tonight, and I want you to write this down, especially if those of you just got a Bible. Man, get your pen. I want you to highlight some things. I want you to underline some stuff, all right? I'm going to give you some things tonight on what happens when we're connected. Not only does this happen when you're connected, you get to go to heaven, but there's some earthly things that happen as well. Everybody say disconnect, disconnect. to connect. Disconnect. Number one is this. Write this down. And it'll be up on the screen, is, I, I believe. Number one is this. When connected, we are encouraged by others. When we're connected to the vine, to the people of the church, we're connected to Man, we are encouraged by others. And there's nobody in this room that doesn't need encouragement. There's nobody in this room that doesn't need somebody to sometimes look them in the face and go, hey, you're doing okay. You're doing good. You're doing great. Everybody in this room needs encouragement, yes or no. I don't care who you are, you need it. So I was speaking. I got to share this story because it happened in, in, uh, in Corpus Christi. So I go down to Corpus Christi to preach at a church on a Sunday morning. I go in. They got a couple services. They do two services. And in my last service, the second service, uh, I go to this little spot where people who, you know, want to come by and say hi to me will come by and say hi. Well, I'm standing there after kind of giving a message. I don't remember what the message was, but it was, it was a good morning. Peace, people raised their hand for salvation. Some adults got saved. It was a great morning. 
So I'm standing there, and I've talked to a few adults already, and all of a sudden, this guy walks up, and he's standing with one of the elders of the church. Now, an elder is a guy that kind of helps on the board and helps make decisions and things like that. A guy I knew, very wealthy man. He walks up with this guy who looked pretty rough. He looked like he had been gone through some storms in his life. He looked like he was going through a storm even right then. He walks up. He's got tears in his eyes, and his name was Rudy. He goes, hey, I'm Rudy. I said, how you doing, Rudy? He goes, hey, man, I got to tell you something. I go, what's up, dude? He goes, about an hour ago, I was standing across the street in the Walmart with a basket full of TVs and DVD players and everything I knew I could sell at the pawn shop. He goes, I'm addicted to drugs. And I was standing at the door about to steal these items. I go, okay. I have no idea what this man's about to tell me. He goes, I live in my car. I've been addicted to meth for many years. He said, I'm standing in with this basket. This is Corpus Christi, Texas. He's at the Walmart over in Flower Bluff. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Right there by the go-kart track. So this guy's standing there with a basket full of stuff. And I'm standing there going, is this dude about to rob me? I don't know. And he goes, the door would open, and I was about to run. I was about to take off, and I looked up, and I saw this church, the church I was standing in. He said he heard a voice, and that voice said, go next door. So the door then shut. He go, okay, I got to go. I got to go. I need this money. I need these drugs. I need this stuff. I'm about to do this. I'm about to go. I'm about to roll. The door would open. I guess I don't know what's happening in this dude's world, but he is now seeing this church across the street, and he kept hearing this voice going, go across, go across. He said this happened for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, he, then he goes, he goes, well, yeah, all the Walmart employees are like standing there going, as soon as he goes, we're just going to get him, you know. <laughs> they're like stretching. They're just waiting for this guy to roll because they were about to pounce on him. So he was thinking, because he ain't stole it yet. He's still in the shop. He said, eventually, he said he just heard that voice, and it was so strong. It says, go next door. He said he parked his buggy. He just kind of took his basket, stuck it on the side. Everybody in Walmart went, <laughs> He said he walked next door, and this is what he told me. He goes, I walked next door. He said, I know that when I walk in that church, the way I look and the way I've lived my life and the things that I've done in my life, I know when I walk in that door, they're going to kick me out. They're going to see how I'm dressed. They're going to smell how I smell. They're going to see my eyes are glazed over from the drugs I took the night before. He goes, I know when I walk in there, they're kicking me out. He said, when they kick me out, I'm going to turn back around, go back to that Walmart, and I'm taken. I'm standing there just listening to this story. He said, I walked in the door. Service is already going. And the guy that was standing next to him, he sees him. He said, I saw this man right here make a beeline right toward me. And I said, all right, here we go. He goes, they're about to throw me out. He's about this new right here is about to ask me. This guy over here with the tie is going to tell me to go. And he said, he walked up to me, looked me in the face and goes, hi, what's your name? He said, I told him my name was Rudy. And he said, hey, can I show you where to sit? Rudy said, okay, cool. And then the guy goes, hey, can I sit with you? Walked him in, sat him down, sat with him. And the guy starts crying. He looks at me and says this. He goes, I prayed with you at the end of this service, and I asked Jesus to come into my life. He said, I believe I'm changed, and I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, the guy over here that I've known, and I know him, and he's one of the elders, a very, very wealthy man, looks over at this guy named Rudy and goes, hey, buddy, you know I used to be addicted to drugs too? And I went, huh? He goes, you know I was homeless once myself? I'm like, what? No clue. He goes, come on, man, come talk to me. 
takes him, puts his arm around him, walks him off and gives him some encouragement. Check this out. Can't make this kind of stuff up. A year later, I go back to that same church to preach. I go walking in the door, getting ready to do the little team time, they call it, getting ready to go in there and talk to all the volunteers and people before the service. And I kind of walk in and the doors open as I walk in. And guess who's standing there greeting a year later? Rudy. You can't make that kind of stuff up. And here's the thing. Why he was there and why all that happened, because he got Jesus in his life. He connected to the vine. But this is what happened next. He got encouragement from somebody else who's a believer. That's what, that's connected. Look, now, the only cooler thing about that story would have been if he worked at Walmart as a greeter. Okay, that's the only thing. He didn't, but that would have been pretty cool. When we're connected, we're encouraged by others, all right? In Romans chapter 15, verse 5, it says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. Romans 15, 5. The only way you'll get that unity, the only way that you'll get that endurance, the only way you get that encouragement is when you follow Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. We need others in our lives, yes or no? We need good people in our lives to help us stand up and stay strong. Here's number two. Write this down. Number one, when connected, we're encouraged by others. Number two is this. When connected, we can have real relationships. How many of you can be real with me? Don't talk. Don't yell anything. Just raise your hand. How many of you are tired of fake relationships? How many tired of people putting on masks? All right. How many of you are tired of being fake? Let's be real. How many of you are tired of putting on that mask? All right, look right here. Put your hands down. Listen. Shh. I need you to stay with me. Here's the mask that I've seen so many times, and I've worn myself. You see, we have these several different masks in our lives, and they're this. When I go to church on Wednesdays, on Sundays, and when I'm around a certain group of people, I take my Jesus mask, and I put my Jesus mask on, and I'll walk down to the front, and I'll throw my hands up, and I will sing, and I will praise God, and I will say hallelujah. I'll clap when somebody says something exciting, and I'll do all that because I got my Jesus mask on. And then all of a sudden, here comes church being over, Wednesday night's over, camp's over. I take my Jesus mask off, put it back on my Bible, and I go pick up my world mask. I put my world mask on, and I walk into the world, and I start saying things of the world, doing things of the world, acting like the world. And eventually, you get to a point where you have no idea what mask you're wearing, yes or no? Are we tired of that or what? Man, I hope you are, because it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And guys, some of you, you're in the storms that you're in because you created them. See, we want to create our own storms and then cry when it rains. And we're over here masquerading, putting all these masks on and pretending to be people that we're not and doing all. Man, you're going to create storms, yeah? Because I've created my own. Trust me, I know. You got to be tired of putting on these masks. Look what it says. When connected to this vine, when connected to him, we can have real relationships. How do we do that? Check this out. We're free in this world because Christ set us free. He overcame. He set us free. When we are free in this world to be in relationships because God has been real in, uh, with us. Listen to this. He knows us 
and he has rescued us from our mess ups. I need you to listen to this real quick. He knows our stories. He knows our desires. He knows every single piece of us. He knows every single dark and thought we've ever had. He knows every mess up. He knows everything about you. Everybody look at me right here. Sit up. And he still wants to have a relationship with you. If that don't blow your mind, I don't know what will. He knows every dark thought we've ever had and still desires to have a relationship with us. Hello? That's pretty amazing, yes or no? Absolutely it is. Listen. So how do we have good relationship? All right, hang on. Hang on. Shh. All right. I know we get sad. We love to clap. Look. Shh. Listen to this. So how do these real relationships happen? Look at this. Philippians 2, 5, it says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. All right? So here's, here's how we be real. Everybody say, be real. And by say, get real. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Here is the mindset of Christ Jesus in John 15, 13. There is no greater love than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Can you honestly here today say, you'll lay down your life for your friends? And I don't mean die for them. I mean stand up for them. I mean take care of them, not let them go. Here's the deal. This has probably been said a million times. He's got to say it. Friends don't let friends go to hell. You can say all day long, friends don't let friends drive and things like that, but real friends don't let friends go to hell. And you know how many times I've sat and watched somebody I knew that was a Christian, I knew that was saved, and they sat in a service almost identical to this, and they would talk to their lost friend and disrupt their lost friend and mess with their lost friend the entire time. I don't get that. Have the same mindset as Jesus. And our mindset should be no greater love than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Are we laying down our lives for our friends? Listen, here's number three. Write this down. Number three is this. When connected, that means when we're connected to this vine, we see what's going on around us. When we get connected, we see the things that are going on around us. Let me tell you the saddest thing that I see when I go into a school campus. I speak on school campuses all over this country. I work at a school called Bowie High School in South Austin. I walk on that campus, has 3,500 students in it. I walk on that campus all the time. I know a lot of those campuses. I've spoken that school for seven years straight to every kid there. And let me tell you the saddest thing that I see every time I walk onto a campus, and that's this, when I see teenagers sitting by themselves at lunch in the hallway. When I see teenagers with their hoodies pulled over their heads, headphones in, and they're sitting there eating their lunch by themselves, and I've watched people who I know that are Christians and I know that know Jesus walk right past them. Guys, when we're connected to the vine, here's what's going to happen. We're going to start seeing things around us. We're going to start seeing people that are hurting around us. Would you, can you be real with me for a minute? Do we live in a hurting world? Do we live in a world where people are taking their lives? Do we live in a world where people are trying to find other things to fill the void in their lives? Like, with, you know, that, that, that they're missing this hole that we're created with, this emptiness that we're created with until we put Jesus in it? 
And what people do is they try to fill it with relationships and drugs and alcohol and sports and academic. They try to fill that up until it runs empty over and over and over. And they're just empty. And they're hurting because of the storms that may be going through in their lives. And Christians walk right past them and miss them. Look at me. Do we have to do a better job of seeing the people around us that are hurting? See, my wife loves to go shopping. I do not. I hate going to the mall during Christmas time. As much as I hate going to the Christmas tree farm, I do not like going to the mall during Christmas time. It's just, I listen, I love people. I just don't like them. During Christmas, people get mean. They push you around. They knock you over. There's too many people around me. So my wife looks at me. She says, honey, I need you to take me to the mall. And I said, yes, dear. Those are two words that have kept me married for 17 years, okay? So we go to the mall. I got the kids. I got the, you know, the stroller. The kids are younger at this time. So I got one kid in the stroller, one kid walking. And, of course, I'm the dad, so I got to carry all the bags. So we go to the mall. We're walking around, and people are just going everywhere. My kids are going crazy. My One kid, and I can't make this up, one kid said, got to go to the bathroom, got to go. Okay, well, hang on. And so literally, as we're trying to get to the bathroom, he stops, jumps into a fake potted plant, and pees on it. <laughs> I said, do it, son. Maybe we'll get kicked out and never have to come back. Finally get on this. It's I don't know how long we're there for almost ever. And my wife says, let's go. And I'm like, ah. So we're finally getting out of there. I'm holding all the bags, pushing the stroller, got, you know, dragging one kid along. And then always this happens. One more. One more store. Come on, one more. How many of you have ever been here before? Maybe with mom or something. One more. If you're here with your wife, be very careful raising your hand. Put your hands down. So look, so I go, yes, dear. And my wife literally this, she just, I don't know if this has ever happened to you or your mom or your wife. My wife will go into the store, and it's like something just kind of this vortex just goes, and she gone. And I'm standing out there going, where did she go? An hour later, she comes back with this little bag in her hand. I said, what would you get? She goes, I got socks. I go, what? It took you an hour to get socks? I go, can we please leave? She said, okay, let's go. I go, thank you, Jesus. So now we're heading out to the place, people trying to get by everybody. I'm pushing, the, I got the tro- stroller, I got the kids, I'm getting all out there. And we get to the car, we kind of fight our way through, getting across the traffic. I open this up, I'm putting all the stuff in, getting all the kids in, finally get into the car. Now you got to back out because everybody's just, and nobody lets you, unless they want your spot, then they stop. So eventually somebody stops, you got to blink on, say, thank you. I pull out real quick, take off. Now I'm in the traffic. All right, this is Austin, Texas, so you know about that traffic. So I'm in that traffic. I'm getting out of the mall. I'm finally, look, here, about, I don't know how long we're in the, like, driving past. And people, look at me. I don't know what it is with Christmas time, but people, and sometimes just any time, will literally walk right out in front of you without looking. There's a woman. She got both her bags. I'm driving. I'm trying to go, and this woman just goes. And I looked at my wife. I said, oh, let me bump her. I don't want to hurt her. I just want to. I just wanted to give her a bump. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> just a love tap. <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> Teach her to walk out in front of traffic. I said to my wife, I said, let me bump her, let me bump her. My wife goes, no. I said, yes, dear. So we finally get out to the street. We're on the street. 
We got a couple of lights to get through. People beside us, behind us, in front of us, everywhere. I'm trying to get through the light. Finally get out to I-35, and I jump on I-35, heading up north because we were living up north at the time, and I'm flying down the freeway, normal speed at night, about 95. <laughs> or 60, I don't know. And we're going, and we're driving. I'm just happy to get down the road, and all of a sudden I hear this. I said, listen, shh. My wife said, what is that? I said, I don't know. She goes, and it's a, and I go, my wife goes, I think it's the wind. I said, yeah, because the wind sounds like metal. And all of a sudden, as we're trying to figure this out, this car rolls up beside me. He rolls his window down, and he starts doing this. So I start doing that. He's doing this. I'm doing that. My wife's going, what are you doing? It's Christmas. I go, he started it. So he's pointing at me. I'm pointing at him, and he's mouthing something. He's going. So I go, I don't know what he's saying. And all of a sudden, he goes, I said, that dude just called me a stroller. I said, what kind of put down is that? I said, your mama's a stroller. I don't even know what to say. So now he's going, stroller, stroller, and he's pulling into my car. And my wife goes, you better pull over. So I just kind of give him a wave. I pulled over real quick. I get out the car. I walk to the back of the car. And apparently, during all the commotion of me trying to get out of there, I had forgot to put the stroller up. I backed over it. It hooked itself around my bumper, and I've been driving the stroller down the street. Look at me. Look at me. And man, man, my little boy was hanging on so tight. I'm kidding. I'm totally joking. Totally kidding. No, no, no. No, no, no. He was not in the stroller. I'm only kidding. I saw like moms in the back go, <laughs> what? I'm only kidding. He was in the car seat on the roof. Listen, so, no, I get out. No, look at me. Here's the point of it. Listen, look right here. Look right here. Here's the point of this story. If I look, see, when we're connected, it says, we see what's going on around us. Everybody look at me, because there's a point to this story. How many people did I pass in that parking lot? How many people stood there holding their bags when I drove by and went, <laughs> that guy's got a stroller. <laughs> He's dragging a stroller. How many people during the three, no, two lights that I sat at with somebody behind me going, Hey, honey, that's how you take home a stroller right there. And look at that little boy. He's having a blast. He was not in the stroller. He was not in the stroller. Look at me. It took some random dude that I talked about his mama to run up beside me and to let me know. Look at me right here. Let me get real. Hey, guys, I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to believers in this room. Let me talk to Christians for a minute. Again, if you're not connected to the vine, it don't matter. Listen, Christians, how many times do we walk by people at school, at home, during at church, maybe at this camp? How many people are you walking past right now who is dragging a stroller of pain, 
of depression, of suicidal. How many people do you make? Are you, we walking past that are dragging a stroller of hurt because mom and dad are leaving each other. How many times are we walking past that people are dragging strollers because they're in so much pain and we just walk past them and miss them? Guys, listen. In our lives, we're going to walk past people who are dragging strollers. And we can't just let them go by. As Christians, as believers, we got to go and help. We got to get beside them. We got to go, hey, look, what's up? You know how many times that I walked into school after being beat up and left in bars by my dad and nobody said nothing? You know how many times I sat against a wall after my father told me I was worthless and I was worth nothing and, and he put a gun in my face and told me I was better off dead night after night? Then I go to school and I sit against a wall wondering if I was going to live or die and had nobody ever come up to me? Too many times until Brent Craig walked up and said, hey, man, you want to come to church? Look at me. How many people are we walking past that are dragging strollers? Guys, when we're connected to the vine, here's what's going to happen. We're going to see what's going on around us. We're not going to miss it. Listen, what we really value in life is often what we're going to wind up getting. We need to be sure that what really matters to us is what really matters. Here's the last one, and I'll close with this. When connected, we're not going to forget the sacrifice. I'm going to ask my man to come out and play real soft, and y'all, somebody track him down, let him come over here and play that piano thing. Everybody say sacrifice. sacrifice. See, here's what a sacrifice is. Listen. See, when we're connected to the vine, and we stay connected to him, we're not going to forget this thing called the sacrifice. See, a sacrifice is this. It's the act of giving something up, something that you want to keep, especially in order to give up something to help someone else. Listen. See, I learned what sacrifice was early on in my life from my mom. I'll tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom, amazing lady. This lady had to raise two kids because dad left. Came back every once in a while. Never paid one bit of child support. Never, and, and when he did show up, he would take our money and go buy drugs and alcohol, the money that my mom was saving for food. We had to use food stamps. I don't know if you know what that is. They have cards now, but, man, we, we lived off of food stamps. We'd go stand in the government lines for the bread and the cheese and all that. You talk about dragging a stroller, going to school, and after your friends have saw you standing, in the line that they knew was the food stamp line. And one day, we're at the store. Everybody say sacrifice. My mom worked two jobs. She was sacrificing. My mom, at any time, she was young. She could have took me and my brother. She could have took us and gave us to somebody. She could have dropped us off at the child plant. She could have left. I mean, she could have done all this, but she said, no, I love these boys. I have these boys, and I'm going to work hard. She was a bartender at night, worked another job during the day. We spent a lot of time with babysitters. It was just life. Every month, we would go to the grocery store, and my mom would buy the groceries for the whole month. She'd take the food stamps and take all the stuff that, you know what? Man, my mom was a rock star. Like I said, she could have left. Hey, be real with me for a minute. How many guys 
can relate to this, and you're growing up in a single home, whether it's a single dad, single mom, single, and you know what I'm talking about. Okay, good deal. Put your hands down. So we're all in this together. Look at me. So one day we're in the grocery store. She's getting all the stuff. Now every month my mom would do this. This was her one delight, her one escape from insanity. My mom would buy herself these big box of cookies called snack wells. And here's what she would do. We lived in an efficiency apartment, probably it was actually bigger, uh, smaller than this stage. When you walked in, we were in a garage apartment, lived on Avenue Q. In this apartment, there was a bed on one side, a couch on the other. We actually would tack up a sheet right down the middle so my mom would have her own room. The only room was the bathroom if you wanted to get alone. Had a little stove, a little uh, uh, refrigerator and all that against the wall. Right across the street from our house, this alley we lived in, right across the street was a crack house. We watched crack deals go down. We heard people getting stabbed in our alley, shot in our alley. A woman got raped at our doorstep. This is the world I was growing up in. We're at the grocery store. My mom was buying these, she'd buy these, these, these cookies, and here's what she'd do. She would come home in between jobs. She would go off and sit on her bed, eat one or two of them. Just a little joy, a little happiness. It's the only thing she ever did for herself was get these cookies. We're in the store, about to leave, going down the aisle. I look up, and I see hanging there was these Hot Wheel cars. You know how to put the cars hanging down the deal? And I walk over to one of them, and I grabbed it, and I go, hey, Mom, can I get this? Mom, can I have this Hot Wheel car? Look, it's only 99 cents, Mom. Can I get this Hot Wheel car, please? Now, I'll never forget my mom's face as she looked down at me, you know, wanting to get that car, wanting to help me, wanting to sacrifice. And she looks at me and goes, I'm sorry, I can't. I got only enough money for what we have in this basket to keep us fed for the month. I'm sorry, I can't do it. And I would love to stand on this stage and tell you that at, I don't even know, 11 years old, that I looked up at my mom and I said, hey, that's okay, mom. You're doing the best you can. You're working hard. You love us. You got two jobs. You're spending, I would look, look at, no, 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 don't clap. Look at me. I need to, don't clap. I would love to tell you that I stood there and I said that to this woman. But that's not what I did. I looked at my mom and I said, I hate you, mom. I can't believe you won't get me this car. I can't believe it. And I'm starting to yell at my mom and I kicked the basket because I was a punk. And I'll never forget this day how God, even at 11 years old, before I even knew Christ, before I even got saved, God taught me something about sacrifice because my mom looked me right in the face with tears in her eyes after I'm being a punk. And what I deserved was to be drug out into the parking lot and kicked in the mouth. And my mom reaches into the basket and she grabs her cookies. She put the cookies back on the shelf. And she says, you know, I'll get you that Hot Wheel car. And about eight years later, as I stood in the back of this church, and somebody told me about Jesus sacrificing his life for me and giving up something. I went all the way back to that day. I stood in that grocery store and I absolutely did not deserve that car. I deserved a spanking and a beating and I got it anywhere. Just like you and I, we don't deserve heaven. We deserve hell. But Jesus said, I'm gonna sacrifice anyway. And he didn't sacrifice some cookies. He sacrificed his life. 
And he says, all you have to do, all you have to do is believe in your heart, confess your sins, and follow me. That's all you got to do. That's all he's asking of us. Sacrifice. Ephesians 5, 2 says, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. He gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice. 1 John 2, 2 says this, he is the anointing sacrifice for our sins. And not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 4, 10 says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And everybody look right here. If Jesus can sacrifice so much for us, why is it so, uh, so hard for us to sacrifice a little for him? But taking our face out of that phone for a little while. For you know what? Maybe treating people a little bit better. And again, I'm talking to Christians when I say this. Because if you don't know Jesus, then this doesn't make any, this is not, I'm not talking to you. You're not connected to the vine. But those of you that are connected to the vine, we need to treat each other better. Those of you that are connected to the vine, man, we got to take our, head, our, our faces out of these phones and put our faces in these Bibles. Those who are connected to the phone, guys, listen. We got to start sacrificing a little bit more for Jesus because he gave up so much for us. You tired of a roller coaster ride? You tired of the mass? You tired of playing that game? Put it down and get in this. Get a streak for Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and be real still. Sacrifice. That's what Jesus did on that cross over 2,000 years ago. He says, listen, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been. I don't care about every dark, horrible thought you've ever thought. He said, I love you anyway. Because he loves us because he's our daddy. He's our Abba Father. He's our creator. He says, I love you. He goes, I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to go to heaven. As I read last night, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus. He is the gate. He is the gate. He is the door. The Bible very clearly says that he, there's only one way to him, and that's through Jesus and what he did and how he paid for our, our sins on that cross, and he sacrificed his, his life for us. We confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And then we follow him. See, there's a big difference. Over five times Jesus, about five times Jesus said, believe in me. But over 25 times he said, follow me. You see, the devil believes in God. But he ain't following him. Who is Jesus to you tonight? So let me ask you this question. I know some of you are still processing. If you got saved last night... And Jesus became real to you last night. That last night he spoke to you and you gave your life to Jesus last night. Would you stand up for me? Stand up. You got saved last night. We're not cheering. Let's not clap right now. 
We'll do all that later. You got saved last night. You believe that you, you came forward, I talked to you, you went back, they got your number, all that kind of stuff. I want you to stand for a second. Just you guys need to look at me. If Jesus became real to you last night, then your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That means when your heart stops and you die, that means you're going to heaven. You believe now that he sacrificed his life for you, for me, for everybody in this room, right? Y'all believe that? Everybody look at me. If you're standing, you should be looking at me. Y'all believe that? How cool is that? That means now that you're in his hand, you're in his grip. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall. That doesn't mean that we have to come running and getting saved and doing all that. kind. You guys are in. You got it. You know Jesus. So now it's time. You're connected to this vine now. So that means you're going to be encouraged. That means that you're going to, you know, see people that are hurting. That means that you're going to, you know, understand and remember the sacrifice. Man, you guys are in. This should be the greatest moment or this week of your life. Because the greatest gift is ever, ever out there has been given to you, and that's eternal salvation in heaven. Man, that's amazing. Hang on to that, okay? Don't let that go. Have a seat. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Those of you who are still sitting, you've been in here for two nights. I've shared the gospel with you. You understand who, who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about. So listen to my questions real quick, and I want to be very clear. How many are sitting in this room tonight, and you know right here, right now, you know, this means you know that if your heart stops right now when you walk out that door, this means you know because you followed you, you know Jesus, you've had an encounter with God, you've changed from the inside out, you know Jesus. And those who just stood, you can raise your hand right now. You know that you're going to heaven. No one's looking around. Would you raise your hand? Be careful, because you should um, be real careful. All right, put your hands down. Now listen to me. How many can be very real with me right here? And say, listen, I've heard it for two nights. God's stirring in my heart. And I know that tonight, I just need to surrender my life and give Jesus my heart. Would you put your hand up so that's you? Maybe just one of you. You may be the only one. You've heard it for a couple times already, you, and you know, man, you've thought about it. Listen, if you got it, you've you already got it. You know that tonight that God is speaking to you. You know that tonight that God has been, that, and you, you, you fought it off last night, and you kind of said, no, I don't know. But you know that tonight that God is really, truly speaking to you, and you know that tonight you need to give your life to Jesus. You're tired of running. You're tired of playing games, and you're ready to go all in. And ask Jesus to come into your life. Would you put your hands up one more time? Say, that's me. All right, put it down. Whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. This is not a magic prayer. This is a prayer of you actually right now confessing your sins and asking God to come into your life. So listen. Say, Jesus, I need you. This is, this is those of you that raised your hand. You're praying this. Those of you that raised your hand. Those of you that know right now, this is a sinner's prayer. This is a prayer for salvation. I want you right now, you praying. Say, Jesus, I need you. God, I can't do this alone. I believe in my heart that you are real. God, I need to go all in. I surrender my life. Thank you for giving your life for me. Forgive me of my sins. 
come into my heart and rescue me. Now, those of you that just prayed that prayer and you, for the first time, you mean that God has now just rescued you and came into your life. And tonight you recognize and understood the sacrifice that he gave. And you ask him to come into your life tonight for the first time. Would you put your hand up and say, that's me. If you just prayed it with me, you may be the only one. If right now you just prayed that prayer with me for the first time in your life. If you believe that tonight you gave your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to stand up and look me in the face. If you believe that tonight you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, I need you to stand and look me in the face. I'm not asking you if you're just repenting. I'm not saying, hey, you're not trying to, we're not talking about baptism. We're talking about right here, right now, for the first time, salvation. That means tonight your name was written in that Lamb's Book of Life, and you believe that God rescued you. Would you stand? If that's you, come here, stand in front of me right here, and look at me so I can talk to you. Let's make sure we're on the same page here. Come on. Remember, this is for salvation, not repentance, not rededication, not anything like that. You're saying tonight I prayed with you, and I believe that tonight I gave my life to Jesus. Tonight. Not last night, not a year ago, not a week ago. Tonight he became real to you. Tonight. Okay, you guys look at me. Just look me in the face. You believe that tonight you went all in, and you believe that tonight that Jesus Christ, he rescued you, he saved you, he came into your life, and you believe that he is real, and you're going all in. Y'all with me? Give me a little head nod if that's you. Awesome. Hey, it's a party time. That means you know Jesus now. That means you have a relationship with Christ now. That means this, that your name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. When your heart stops, you die, you're going to heaven, and check it out. You're in his right hand. How cool is that? Nobody can take that from you. Amen? Here's what I want you to do. Walk right over there. Turn around. Go that direction. Go right out that door right over there. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody in this man's group right here in the green shirt, he left his Bible and he wants to keep it. Would y'all make sure y'all get his Bible? He'll, he'll probably be back in in a minute. Y'all go ahead and let them know you, uh, how much you love them. Give them a round of applause for the boldness tonight, the courage tonight. Now look, everybody look here. Everybody stand up and look at me. No talking, look at me. Now I believe there's some of you still in this room. Hey, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I don't save nobody, Okay. I don't. Jesus is who saves. Jesus saves. But I do believe there are some of you still in this room who are lost. There are some of you in this room who are more concerned about things outside these walls than what's going on in here. There's some of you still in here that if you were to die tonight, you're not going to heaven. I'm just being real. I, I, I believe that. And I believe there's some of you still need to give your life to Jesus. My prayer is that God will continue to speak to you and convict you until you go all in. I pray every day for my 15-year-old son to get caught in whatever he does. I pray that he'll get caught when he tries to do something. He's 15. 
He's an athlete. He's got a lot of pressure. He's got a lot of stuff going. He, he's got a lot of these parties he wants to go to. And I pray constantly for this guy. I love him to death. But I know that the enemy wants to destroy him. He is such an amazing leader. I believe that this dude got on fire for Jesus. And I'm going to be real with you. My 15-year-old son is not on fire for Jesus. With me as his dad, he should be. <laughs> but he's not. And I pray for this dude's heart to be convicted. I pray that he'll see Jesus. And I believe it's going to happen. But I also pray that he gets caught in everything he does. And guess what? He's been getting caught. And I pray that those of you in this room, if you're not saved, I just pray that God will show you how great he is in your life and how much he loves you until you can surrender and give your life to him. All right, listen. How many of you can just be real for a minute? I'm talking to Christians. If you're still thinking about it, hey, you can get saved at any time. Talk to your adult leader. Find Nate. Find DQ. Find somebody and say, I just need to go all in. Man, pray with me. You don't have to be in here. You can do it in your small groups tonight. How many of you can say this? I'm saved. But man, I got to do a better job of encouraging people. I got to do a better job of seeing people around me that are hurting. And you know what? I got to do a better job of remembering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We just say, you know what, that's me. All right, cool. Put your hands down. Then we pray about it. And you ask God to help you. Ask God to lead you and guide you through it. Now let me ask you this. Because I believe I hit on a nerve a minute ago. I believe there's some of you going through a storm. Some of you got some storms going on in your life. I already asked you once. How many guys, you know, man, there's just that, that fear that we talked about. There's some storms going on, and you feel like that Christmas tree, and it's just shaking and shaking, and you're hanging on with your life. How many guys think, you know what, that's me. I got to be honest. I got to be real tonight. Man, that's me. If you got that storm going on in your life, let me tell you who's going to calm it. The one that's going to turn around and look you in the face and grab your seatbelt and say, don't panic, I got you. So I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to encourage you guys with your hands up about the storms. Maybe say, just, Let's just fill this altar up and get on our knees and just worship him tonight and celebrate him tonight and ask him to help you through these storms. God, we love you. God, we thank you again for your incredible sacrifice and that incredible gift of salvation that many students in this room just said yes to you for the first time, God. I pray you show them it's the greatest moment of their lives. And God, I pray for those students that raise their hands that they just got to do a better job. God, I pray you show them they can do a better job and how to help them through. And God, I pray for those students and even adults in this place that raise their hand and says, I'm going through a storm and the water's rough. God, I pray you calm that storm tonight. Calm that hearts tonight. Calm the sea that's raging in their hearts tonight, God. And then we can see the peace in you that you tell us not to panic. And we're not going to panic because we trust you tonight, God. We trust that you're going to reach down and grab us by the hand and reach and pull us up out of the storm. We love you. We praise you. And we give, these, we give it all to you. In Jesus' name. Hey, this altar's open. Come get on your face tonight.